Hey guys, this is Mindcast with your host, Kevin Seaman, where we talk about what's going on in your head. Hi, this is your host, Kevin Seaman. Welcome to Mindcast. Whether we like them or not, we all have habits. But what exactly is a habit? It's a pattern or ritual that we've developed through consistent repetition. We try to kick or break our bad ones and form and reinforce those that are good. We all have habitual ways of functioning in our day-to-day lives that rely on our habit patterns related to those actions. Ever try to brush your teeth using your non-dominant hand? (laughs) We have patterns for our routes when we drive. Several times in my life, I've started driving somewhere automatically and then realized I was supposed to be going somewhere else. Have you ever done that? We use words in a habitual way. We make decisions in a habitual way. And we have habits that affect when we eat, go to bed, and get up. We have routines of thinking, acting, perceiving, and focusing that we tend not to be aware of at a conscious level. These habitual manners in which we interact and engage with our world have been built up over time, and most are ingrained in such a great extent that our behavior is, in many respects, on autopilot. We are what we repeatedly do. Excellence, then, is not an act, but a habit. Aristotle. Okay, so think about something you do daily, like put on your shoes. Do you put on both socks first, then your shoes? Do you start with your right first, and then your left? The likelihood of you doing it the same way each and every time is pretty good. If you're an adult, that habit is solid. And the characteristics of that habit are such a deeply ingrained pattern because it has been developed through repetition. It would be like taking a tool and grinding it into a flat surface over and over until the groove is so deep, so prominent, that it becomes part of your life. Have you ever heard the terms, repetition is the mother of skill, or practice makes perfect? As a pattern habit is reinforced, it becomes ingrained deeper and deeper into your subconscious. It is that continued repetition of any action or thought that makes that specific action or thought increasingly natural. This is why habits are hard for some people to recognize and difficult for them to alter. There's a saying that I love, good habits are hard to develop and easy to live with. Bad habits are easy to develop and hard to live with. Yet doing things in a habitual manner is essential towards our personal development. The more habitual your daily routines and activities become, the less thought and energy you need to use to achieve them, freeing up more energy, focus, and brain power to devote to new projects, skills, and achievements. For example, when writing, creative expression can be constrained if you have to concentrate on your typing skills. In another light, by mastering the basic skills of driving a car to the point where it is automatic, you're able to concentrate more effectively on safety while also carrying on conversations with your passengers. Maybe study a subject through audiobooks or just relax and enjoy music. 
this can all be done without compromising your focus, simply because the energy you would use to concentrate on the mechanical actions of driving are automatic from years of practice. In many activities, the more automatic your skills and responses are, the more effective you will be. In order to understand more about how our habits evolve, let's take a closer look at the structure in which we learn. The process of learning a skill is for the most part gradual and repetitious as we pass through four evolving levels of competence. I discovered this one day about 30 years ago while I was standing in front of the YMCA. I was waiting for a friend I was going to train and do some lifting with at the gym there. And I was watching this kid playing hacky sack. Here are the levels I experienced. The first level is known as unconscious incompetence. This is the primary stage where you have no foundation. You're totally unaware that you even lack a certain skill or ability. I watched this kid dribbling the hacky sack off his foot effortlessly as I sat there. He looked at me, smiled, and said, You want to try? This was where I experienced the first level. I didn't know how to play hacky sack, but I thought, Heck, I'm a black belt. I can kick really well. I can do this. Nope. I tried and failed repeatedly just to even keep the sack up more than two hits. I immediately realized I didn't even know that I didn't know how to do it. And when I failed, it was at this very moment, this very second, that I experienced the second level. I was thrust into conscious incompetence. At this level, you lack a particular skill or ability, but you know it. I was profoundly and consciously aware of my lack of skill. At this second stage, you may even want the desired skill very badly, but you are not yet able to move beyond this level. Without some practice and effect repetition, you will not continue to the next level. I threw the hacky sack back to that kid and he just smiled at me and said, it just takes practice. The third level is conscious competence. This is the level where you are well aware of your ability and proficient at it. This was definitely the level the hacky sack kid was at. This is sort of a practice to perfect level. You still have to focus on what you're doing, but there's some actual competence there. The final stage is much harder to achieve. This is where most people stop because they think they've got it. This final stage is unconscious competence. A level where you do whatever it is in a state of flow, without the struggle of conscious thought to impede your forward direction. You respond naturally, in an excellent fashion. You perform as though you are at that moment a skilled technician, without reflection. This is a state that every great musician, athlete, technician, or anybody else that performs must reach to be exceptional. This is the level of Eric Clapton, Carlos Santana, and others that are exceptional in music. This is the level of Lance Hamilton as a surfer, Tony Hawk as a skater, Dan Inosanto as a martial artist, and Kobe Bryant as a basketball player. They don't think about it. They don't hesitate. They just do it. I love this quote by my friend, world-class trainer, 
Greg Nelson, owner of the Academy in Minnesota. goes like this. Practice makes habit. If you practice it right, it's a habit. If you practice it wrong, it's still a habit. You know, it would seem that the more aware we are of our undesirable habits, the more likely we are to adjust or change our unproductive habits and cultivate our positive, more desirable habits. Or are we? Approximately 95% of everything you do is determined by your habits, whether they are good or bad. If you keep doing what you've always done, you'll keep getting what you've always gotten. If you don't like the answer, change the question. You are the way you are because that's the way you've accepted. No one has forced you to be who you are. If you really wanted to be any different, you would be in a process of changing right now, moving in the direction to where you really want to be. Now, if this statement gets you agitated or angry, good, that's good. That's how you create change. You use leverage. That leverage is most effective when it's fueled with passion. The most difficult person to stop is the one that is driven with a burning desire to succeed. The person with that unstoppable passion. So if you're not getting the results you want, change your approach. Your ultimate goal is to create and practice good habits that will function on their own to improve your quality of life and direct you towards success. Take a moment to think about the habits in your life and evaluate those habits. Do they empower you or disempower you? Do they limit you or do they free you? Do they make your life easier or more complicated? Do they help you or hinder you from reaching your goal? One of the most effective methods of changing one's habits is known as a pattern interrupt. What exactly is a pattern interrupt? Well, do you remember vinyl record albums? What happens when you put the needle on the record album? It catches the grooves and plays the recording over and over the same exact way every time. Unless, unless there's a scratch in the record, right? If there's a scratch, what happens then? It skips. Once there's a scratch in the record, once the pattern has been interrupted, that record can never be played the same way again. It can never revert back to the same habit. This is valuable knowledge. Consider for a moment the common rubber band. Sitting in the drawer, it looks rather unimpressive. But put it on your wrist, and you're looking at an ingenious tool for transformation. Choose an undesirable habit you wish to change and prepare to take action. Every time that bad habit or behavior rears its ugly head, simply pull back the elastic disciplinary aid and let it snap. Once a bright red welt begins to rise on the inside of your wrist, you will begin to see results. At the moment you feel the snap, compound the interruption by saying something like, that's not me. I'm more than that. Or even just, no. Erase. Delete. Be sure to use emotion in that statement. This will help connect with your subconscious. This tool stack uses both kinesthetic and verbal auditory 
to reinforce the stimulus for change. As your pattern is interrupted, it is essential that you support your action with an alternative positive behavioral change. The old undesirable habit is now given a replacement, a positive desirable habit. The rubber band is a simple yet effective pattern interrupter used by thousands. Not surprisingly, the deeper the pattern, the more interruptions or repetitions of the interruption might be necessary. Your results will be more immediate if you focus on changing one habit at a time. Also not surprising, the pattern interrupt may be more effective if it is, well, more intrusive or painful. In order to be successful, it may be necessary to perform the pattern interrupt and a mindful habit pattern replacement a few times until you achieve results. Once you begin to see improvements, try using just the disciplinary self-talk or even visualizing the interruption program in your mind's eye. If you find yourself slipping back into your old behavior, run the program again to reinforce your changes. This simple yet effective pattern interrupt habit replacement works incredibly well. Just remember, it took you a while to develop this undesirable habit, and you're going to change it. So it may take a little while to reestablish the positive habit you desire. Another key to permanently breaking any bad habit is to love something else greater than that habit. This adds leverage to your goal. One of the biggest levers for all change is to have a big enough why. Why you want to change. Here's a great strategy for solidifying good, healthy habits. When you have a routine or want to establish a routine, if you use this pegging technique, it will help you immensely. I'm going to use building the habit of going to the gym as a regular routine as an example of using this strategy. The night before, set your gear bag, rolled up jujitsu gi, or workout clothes packed and ready near the door. This pegging technique sets the pattern in motion because you've already made the initial step towards your action. This preparatory setup might not seem like much, but it will establish a checkmark system in your subconscious. Once you begin to do this preparation, it will be the first step in your new habit pattern. You will be shocked how effective this is. My wife is at expert level at this approach in her daily routine. I have a friend, Eric Winfrey, who I've coached for years. He called the other day to tell me about his new huge contract he landed for his security company, Armor Security and Protection Company, out of Syracuse, New York. I really love it when my friends, students, and clients tell me about their successes. When Eric told me that he got this game-changing contract for a large international manufacturing company, I asked him, wow, that's great. I'm so happy for you. So how did you do it? He said, I listened to what you told me all these years. I asked them what their needs were and what their expectations they wanted fulfilled. They told me, I told them I could do that, and I did it. And then he said, I remember when you told me, Eric, if you know what they need, you will know what you need to do to meet those needs and make that person happy. 
So often people go into a job or a contract without knowing exactly what is expected of them and what needs to be accomplished. So when you have a client or a job potential, the first thing you should do is find out what they need. They will never be disappointed if you meet those needs. Eric called this his secret to success in growing his company. That one habit of using this one strategy has made myself and my clients a lot of money. One of my favorite authors, Dr. Stephen Covey, wrote a book way back in 1989. I've read it several times since the early 90s. It is one of the most profound and timeless approaches to building excellent habits. It's called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Why I love this book is it is based on solid principles of building life habits using value-based teaching. If you haven't read it, I highly recommend you do. I would like to introduce you to the first habit, be proactive. People who are proactive in their lives have a behavioral tendency towards taking intentional action to influence their situation and environment. Establish this one thing in your life, and it could change you. It can change the way you interact with others. It can change what you will or will not do, or even attempt to accomplish. It can create a lasting impression on someone in need of you as a friend. It can influence the direction of your career. It can change how you interact with your children and your family. Being proactive is something so minor in itself as a habit, yet so powerful that it will bring about benefits for you in so many ways that you cannot even begin to realize. Being proactive means you initiate without being asked. Remember in Mindcast number three on reframing your reality? I talked about having an internal locus of control taking responsibility for your actions, and then taking action. Taking action is one of those three things you actually have control over. Don't wait for someone to pick you to do something. Don't wait for life to pick you. Pick yourself. Integrate proactivity into your life on a day-to-day basis, and I guarantee you will see a difference. Thank you so much. I cannot tell you how much I enjoy presenting these Mindcasts. I receive feedback nearly every day from listeners who have used the strategies I've presented and who express their gratitude. I am also grateful. You only have so much time on this earth. Thank you for spending this time with me. If you want to contact me or just say hello, you can contact me at kevin at thewinningmindset.com. I'm available for coaching for you and your group. And check out some of my books. You can find them on Amazon. So remember, first, you make your habits, then your habits make you. This is Kevin Seaman, and this is Mindcast.